Hello and welcome to part two of the Friday Night Parkdale Special's second anniversary episode. If you're starting here, you might want to go back to the first part, episode 101. Otherwise, let's just dive right in. I've got to be honest, I never really cared for this next band. It was obvious that the lead singer really wanted to be Jim Morrison, and he was trying so hard to be mysterious and cool, and it just rubbed me the wrong way, and it really didn't help that he hurt the feelings of one of my friends. I've mentioned before that I was in a number of bands in high school, but the person who I worked with the most was my friend Eric. And Eric loved this band. I bit my tongue because he was my friend, and if it inspired him to write great music, awesome! All the better for both of us. So when the tea party came to town, I went with him, and Eric had an opportunity to say hello to the lead singer of the tea party, and the guy was so rude. All Eric had wanted to do was say, man, I love your work. You're a great musician. Thanks for the tunes. And this guy completely blew him off. And the look on Eric's face made me so angry. What is it now? 30 years? And I'm still mad at the guy? Don't hurt my friends. Anyway, it's still a part of the history of the scene, so fine. We're going to play the tea party. From their second album, Splendor Solace, which came out in 1993, this is The River.
advantages of Toronto having such an active and vibrant music scene during this time was my proximity to it. I grew up in a smallish town about 90 minutes away, and so a lot of bands who were just getting their start would tour smaller towns in order to get their names out there and start to build a following. We had a couple of venues. I'm sure I've mentioned at least the Farmer's Market in past shows. We also had a place that was pretty big around 93 to 95 called the Brookdale. I ended up playing there myself even. I saw so many bands there during this time because it was a dive bar and you could pay five bucks and see a couple of bands that you might actually see their video on much music in a year. I Mother Earth and Our Lady Peace, Biff Naked, uh, who else? The Killjoys, a bunch of other bands, like just tons of names that ended up getting really big. As a matter of fact, I still have somewhere in my possession uh, I think it's a bass guitar pick from one of the members of I Mother Earth. And that's who we're going to listen to next. This is from their first album, Dig, which came out in 1993. And it got a lot of play, but I still love it. This is Rain Will Fall.
I honestly can't remember if we had heard anything from them before the night that they played the Brookdale. I do remember very clearly me and my friends standing in front of the little stage ledge, looking up at them going, holy crap, because they were loud and hard and so good. Oh, we were so lucky. This next band is from New Brunswick, and they were actually the first Canadian band to be signed to Sub Pop out of Seattle. This is Eric's Trip, and this, although they had a number of EPs and tapes that came out, and Seven Inches too, that came out before 1993, their first album on Sub Pop was called Love Terra, and this is from that album. It's called May 11th. They were a weird band, but in a way that was intriguing. Our next band up is Superconductor, and they were from Vancouver in BC, and they were known for having a ton of guitarists. They had one single and an EP in 1992, and in 1993 they released their debut album. This is from their 1993 album called Hit Songs for Girls, and the track is called Nobody's Cutie.
Next up, we've got one from the Imbreds, which were a duo out of Kingston. From the Imbreds' 1993 album, Hilario, this is Tell the Truth. Our next band comes to us from Orillia, which is, if you haven't heard of it, a small town in central to northern Ontario. And I know very little about them because they didn't really get terribly far. However, I do have one of their singles on vinyl, and this is one of the things that I ended up ripping from my collection uh, over this past week. It's on this little seven inch blue marble vinyl and it has three tracks on it and it was all female. It was awesome and it took me until sometime in the late 90s or early 2000s to realize that Chicken Milk, the name of the band, is a reference to the French translation to eggnog. I am dismayed that it took me that long to figure out the joke. Anyway, from Chicken Milk, this is Sink.
found out about Chicken Milk through the lead singer of this next band, who I ended up hanging out with uh, now and then because they were a berry punk band. And me being me, I had no problem going up to people and going, hey, I really liked your show. Can I get some merch? And I did. Not only did I end up getting a 10-inch of Philocracy's Vulva Crunch EP, which came out in 1993, I also ended up getting a t-shirt, which I still regret getting rid of because I got nagged into it. It had a picture of William S. Burroughs on the front, and on the back it said, You're a slimy, morbid youth with unwholesome proclivities. I loved that shirt, and if anyone ever sees it, buy it for me. I will pay you back. 100% promise. The first time I saw Philocracy play, it was at a house wrecking party in my hometown, and they were playing in the basement. If you've ever even heard of the concept, they're pretty ridiculous. Everyone was drunk and underage, and a dentist's chair ended up going through a wall. I wasn't there for that part. I just saw the aftermath. Anyway, in the basement, Philocracy was playing and I was sitting on the floor with some of my skater friends and they said, do we have any Cure fans in the audience? And me and my buddy Chris were like, oh yeah, us. And (laughs) lead singer Glenn said, this one's for you. And they bust out into a cover of the Cure's In Between Days. It's almost unrecognizable given that the original track is like five minutes long. They stripped it down to a minute 49. So... Let's listen to that now. This is Philocracy's cover of The Cure's In Between Days. many covers out there where you have to simply trust the band that it actually is a cover of the song that they're saying it is. Next up we've got another one from a band that played at the Brookdale and I mentioned them earlier, the Killjoys. 
This album, Starry, came out in 1994, and I actually had the opportunity to hang out with them a few times. The lead singer had a pet bunny named Penny, and I cannot remember if the bunny was brown or gray or somewhere in between, but there was an episode involving McDonald's pizza, which definitely stamps it as a moment in time. From the Killjoys, this is Today I Hate Everyone. there's a familiar refrain in the stories of these bands. They form, they put together a demo, somebody leaves, somebody else joins, they record something else, it does relatively well, someone leaves, they reform and manage to get signed. And the Doughboys are no exception to this pattern. They formed in 1987 in Montreal, and in spite of personnel changes, they were able to release several albums. Their third album was titled Crush, and it was their first album with a major label. It was A&M, and the lead single from that album was called Shine. It did incredibly well to a point where it was ranked number 26 on the top Canadian singles of all time. Let's take a listen to that now. This is Doughboy's Shine. Shine. 
who was actually born in India and spent some time in Kentucky before settling in Winnipeg. (laughs) I'm talking about Biff Naked. And she was another who showed up at the Brookdale. And I was so surprised when she got off stage and I realized I was taller than her. I'm only 5'3". She is a teeny little woman and super sweet. Holy crap. This from Biff Naked's Four Songs in a Poem is the song Never Alone.
reading about uh, this next band on Wikipedia reminded me of the fact that CFNY used to be on Bloor near Bathurst, right by Lee's Palace. I had forgotten about that. It was actually a couple blocks away from the first couple places that I lived in when I moved to Toronto. Man, Ooh, all nostalgic and stuff. This next band was connected to CFNY because they ended up getting an award for this next song, uh, Song of the Year, the Casby Award, and they put out their first album as the Gandharvas in 1993, which are, Gandharvas are a musical spirit in Hinduism, and previously they had been known as the Droogs or the London Droogs because London was their point of origin, London, Ontario. And this song got a lot of play. And there are two versions of it. There's the version that was released in the States and the version, that's Jeremy and Toby that just thundered by. There was the version that was released in Canada. Having listened to both, I can tell you with no hesitation that the Canadian version is far better. So from 1994, this is the Gandharvas' first day of spring. My friend, don't you sit there and ruminate with your navel to contemplate. It's a beautiful day outside, time's passing you by. Sit there, kind of 
The Rheostatics are another band that have been around for a really long time. They formed in 1987 and they came from Etobicoke and they had a couple of songs that did fairly well um, here and there and their debut album, which was ironically titled Greatest Hits, came out in 1987. The band were to some degree responsible for getting Stompin' Tom Connors out of retirement and the band broke up briefly in the late 80s and reunited in the early 90s. They released another album in 1991 called Melville and after that they put out an album called Whale Music which was based on a novel and the author of the novel liked it so much that he decided to do a film of the novel and asked the Rheostatics to do the soundtrack for it, which is kind of strange because not only did they then have whale music, they also had music from the motion picture whale music. The song that they are most known for, other than their cover of Gordon Lightfoot's Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, is one that comes from music from the motion picture whale music. It's entitled Claire and it's a love song. The success of the song Claire was off-putting to one of the band members and he left feeling like they were at risk of going mainstream and that wasn't what he wanted. Nonetheless, Claire remains a fantastic song and a standout piece of their catalog. From 1994's Music for the Motion Picture Whale Music, this is Claire. Clarify me, 
While the members of Moist are all originally from Ontario, it wasn't until they all ended up in Vancouver in the early 90s that they came together and formed the band Moist. They recorded a demo in early 93 for 500 bucks and they got 500 copies of it and they sold those copies out of the Sam the Record Man in Vancouver. It sold so well that the demo ended up being released to other stores across Canada and later in 93 they were signed to EMI. In January of 94 they put together their first full-length album which was called Silver and once the video for the lead single Push got air on Much Music, it went into heavy rotation and they did really well. It didn't hurt that the lead singer David Usher is a very pretty man. Although they broke up for a time, they are back together and making music again and were actually supposed to release an album a couple of months ago. This song from their 1994 album Silver is called into everything. Into everything, into everything. 
While I haven't done a ton of reading yet on the Halifax explosion, music that is, I suspect that Thrush Hermit was part of that scene given the time frame. They formed in 1992 and they put out a couple of singles before they ended up getting signed to Murder Records. Their EP, Smart Bomb, which came out on Murder Records, was out in 1994 and one of their songs would actually end up featured in the film Mall Rats. From that same 1994 EP, Smart Bomb, this is Thrush Hermits All Dressed Up. I haven't heard from you lately, I don't take it lightly, please try to keep in touch. I know that you're really busy, you're really just slightly too late, and it may be too much to ask. I'll ask you politely.
Next up, we've got one from Punch Buggy, who formed in 1994 in Ottawa. Although he wasn't part of this first album, it looks as though someone I might have known in my hometown ended up joining the band in 1997, which, if so, what up, Curry? Good for you, man. Much deserved. From their first album, All Night Christian Roller Skate, this is Tell Me. Next up, we have a track by King Cobb Steely, who formed in Guelph in 1991. In 1994, they got signed, and their second album came out on EMI later that year. They still performed together from time to time, and there was actually a re-release of their second album, Project Twinkle, in the fall of 2012. The song that we're going to listen to from them tonight is from that second album, Project Twinkle, and it's actually the first song from the album. It's called Slump. Slump. 
next is another industrial act from Toronto that I ended up discovering by accident and whose sister I ended up meeting. I found their second CD in Seeker's Books on Bloor Street in about 1995, apparently after they broke up, and I ended up getting their first CD in a buns trade about maybe four or five years ago. Digital Poodle actually formed in 1986 and released a number of demo tapes and even a few albums on their own label before getting onto a larger label in 1992. Division came out on Cleopatra in 1994 and tonight we're going to listen to the title track from that album. From 1994, this is Digital Poodle's Division.
It's hard not to talk about Canadian industrial music without thinking of Reese Fulber of Frontline Assembly. And Reese Fulber is one of those musicians who seems to always have multiple projects on the go. This was definitely the case in the 90s. In addition to his work with Frontline Assembly, he also had Delirium as a side project. And for those of us who weren't Frontline Assembly fans, Delirium seemed to come out of nowhere and absolutely blow everyone out of the water. The first single that got heavy rotation on Much Music was off of their 1994 album Semantic Spaces, and it was called Flowers Become Screens, from Reese Fulber's side project with Christy Thirsk doing vocals. This is Delirium's Flowers Become Screens. Thank you. 
This next band is another that I saw at Edgefest in 1993 at the Forum, and uh, my recollection of their set was us all yelling uh, in a chant, we want head, we want more head, because yeah, that's the band's name, it's head, with two H's from their 1994 album Firemen. This is Head's song, Flower. Mm-hmm. 
another band that uh, ended up performing at the Brookdale, as I mentioned, was Our Lady Peace. And they put on a hell of a show. Really high energy, really tight performance. That was another show where I ended up managing to score a guitar pick. And that one I ended up giving to my friend Matt, who wasn't able to go to the show. And I thought it would be nice to give him something because he liked the band a lot and was disappointed that he couldn't go. From Our Lady Peace's first album called Navid, which came out in 1994, this is the song Starseed.
next song comes to us from a band out of Toronto that formed in the early 90s, like probably actually 1990. And they had three albums in total as well as one EP. But the track that we're going to listen to tonight is from their second album, which was called Heroic Doses. And as a matter of fact, the track we're going to listen to from it is the title track because it was awesome. This is Glue Legs Heroic Doses. existed in a previous configuration before hitting it big. They started out in Nova Scotia before moving to Toronto as a band called One Free Fall. They broke up in 1994 
and ended up connecting with one of the members of the Doughboys to form the band Rusty. And together they recorded an EP called Wake Me. It did pretty well, and they ended up getting picked up by a major label. The song Wake Me ended up being featured on that full-length album as well. Let's take a listen to that now. This is Rusty's Wake Me.
Gob is another band from BC, and although they got together in 1993, they didn't really hit their stride until the later 90s. In 1994, they released their self-titled EP, and it did well enough that they were able to release an album the subsequent year called Too Late, No Friends. Several of the tracks from the EP made it onto the album Too Late No Friends, which was released in the summer of 1995. From that EP, this is Gob's song, Custer's Last One Night Stand. Do you remember late last night we were jumping curbs in the parking lot? We shared some good times and some bad, but we always knew. for the night comes to us from Econoline Crush, which is a band out of Vancouver, and they have a sound that is very reminiscent of Nine Inch Nails during that time, so much so that I had to check the dates on the release of Downward Spiral versus the Econoline Crush album Affliction. Turns out, the album Affliction, which was Connelline Crush's first album, came out two to three weeks after Downward Spiral. So not enough that they were copying Trent, but enough that they were definitely part of the zeitgeist. See if you hear what I do. This is, from 1995, Connelline Crush's Affliction.
That's our show for tonight. Thanks so much for tuning in over these last two years. It's always a pleasure to have you share some of your week with me. If you'd like to support the show, go to thefnps.com. All the social media links are at the top right, including my coffee link and the show's Patreon link. Patrons get access to my scratch pad as well as early notice of bonus shows and some fun merch. I still, I swear to God, do still have the patron-only miniseries coming soon called Brown Bag Wednesdays, and it is going to happen in March, even though there's only like, what, mm, a week and a half left? It's going to happen. Mark my words. My patrons already know what's up, and for four bucks a month, you can get in on the fun too. Whether short-term or long-term, your support helps me pay for hosting, streaming, and new tunes to keep the show both on the air and fresh. There is also a suggestion box on the site, so if you have show ideas, drop them in there. I look forward to hearing them. I really do. As always, be well and stay safe, and we'll see you next week. Have a good one.